This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Welcome in another of our interview series. I have on the line with me, Michelle Huff, the CMO of Acton, a software that uh, everybody has heard about. <laughs> if not, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having so me. You're, so you're doing a fantastic job, Michelle, already. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read your bio uh, off of the uh, Acton site. Uh, Michelle is Acton's chief marketing officer and oversees the company's brand, demand, and customer expansion marketing efforts. Uh, Michelle comes to Acton with 17 years, uh, 17 plus years, I won't leave out the plus, uh, helping marketing companies companies, including uh, Salesforce, Oracle, uh, connect with cust- uh, connect customers with technology solutions to grow their business. And most recently, uh, you were GM of Salesforce's data.com division after having served as the VP of marketing for, uh, for the group. And prior to your tenure at Salesforce, you were senior director at Oracle and a senior product marketing manager at Stellant acquired by Oracle. Wow. <laughs> Yes. That is uh, that is an incredible resume there. So I, I am so uh, thankful to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we wanted to do with this was uh, we constantly get pitched, you know, by people. But Acton, we've had a really good relationship. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the things is really funny, and you'll be proud of your team, is we do product bios on companies. And and um, and I think Acton gave me the best product bio that anybody ever did. So if you go to martech.zone and you, you know, search for Acton software, you will see the most comprehensive article from top to bottom written about your software. And it was your team that helped me put that together. And now whenever anybody says, well, what do you want me to send you? And I say, go look at the Acton page. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you guys are an example to follow as far as, and, and that's the, you know, on the publication side of the business, it's always hard to collect that data. A lot of times people will pitch you and you say, okay, send some assets and they go, well, what do you need? Um, and you know, are you kidding me? You just pitched me. <laughs> so your <laughs> team you has been, <laughs> yeah. So your, your team has been absolutely outstanding there. And, uh, and then we've, uh, we, uh, for full disclosure, we don't have any, uh, paid relationship at all with Acton software. Um, but we have implemented your software for a few clients in the past and really, uh, enjoyed working with your team and, and the, and the platform as well. So, um, kudos, uh, you guys have just been a rock solid, um, marketing automation platform and, and are now we're, we're going to talk today about, you know, where the future is. Excellent. Well, thanks. I love hearing that. I mean, a big part of what we've been trying to do is always focus on the marketers and, and provide an awesome customer experience. So just hearing that makes me feel good. So good. That's fantastic. Well, uh, the topic today is, you know, the topic that's, I think on everybody's mind is, you know, how are artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, going to transform marketing and marketing automation? You know, we already have systems that we've set up customer journeys and we we're testing and we're, you know, we're doing all of these, you know, uh, kind of pulling people into the funnel and pulling them down into a conversion. You know, what I think, 
AI and, you know, machine learning are these buzz terms that everybody hears, but maybe they don't really understand, you know, the true impact that this is going to have, uh, you know, from here on out. Maybe talk about that a little bit to begin with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes when you build down what we're, what we're really trying to do in marketing oftentimes is, especially in the B2B world, it's about connecting and engaging with our customers and prospects, uh, right? Establishing those relationships and then really trying to surface their pains and demonstrate your value in solving them, right? And, and I think the challenge, though, is as we're trying to do this as marketers, you know, we're encountering so many different channels, right? The customer journey can be so different for every single person that we're engaging with. Um, in so many ways, kind of the, the personas that we're trying to read are, are almost limitless. And, um, you know, we're trying to ultimately make sure that while people are on this journey, we can provide that right message and at the right time through the right channel. But if you if you look at all that, that, you know, with the number of um, channels, you know, all the data that we're starting to to track, for example, just even using like marketing automation systems, um, you know, you you can do a lot with that, but the task is always back to the computers, right? We, um, uh, there's so much data and it's really hard to process it. Sometimes we talk about, uh, you know, there's, there's something we're building around adaptive sending where, you know, a common thing about, um, marketing is, you know, when should I send the email? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, right. Right. like when, when should I send it? And you think, well, maybe Tuesday at 9 a.m. Right, Tuesday at 9 a.m. becomes kind of like the mantra and you just do it or, or maybe you test it. Sometimes it's Wednesday at 10. Um, but what what the onus is back on the marketer is always doing that analysis, right? It, it, it's going through and analyzing um, all the different interactions that you're getting, seeing trend lines and saying, you know what? Actually, we tend to actually get better response rates Wednesday at 10. And so then everyone starts switching it to 10. But if you think about, right, Again, all the channels, all the people, all the personas, all the content we're needing to write, um, it, it's, it's really hard to always go back and do that analysis and, and use those insights to take action. And so, you know, I think what we're seeing is a, a huge trend in having a lot of the things around machine learning and artificial intelligence being applied to something like, when should I send it? They'll look through and say, you know what, instead of looking and say everyone gets it at 10, like... When does Douglas actually, like, when do you open it? When's your best engagement window versus mine? You know, mine's probably later at night. I've got kids. So I do a lot of um, reading and a little bit more of my downtime at, at nighttime. So there's better engagement there. And so being able to really analyze that and then over time evolve and adapt, right? Because if you, you're a seven o'clock in the morning kind of guy, but maybe you move to, to over the lunchtime, right? It should over time learn that and be able to recommend it um, and at that scale. So all these things that we're seeing, I think, in the, the market around um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, you know, you, it, it's not like this generic, you know, intelligence, right? Because that's yeah. it's hard. Right? It's, you think about it and you're like, I'm not quite sure what to do with that and how what to make of it. But when you start looking at really specific use cases, then you think, okay, yeah, I, I get it because it's really hard to do that level of analysis. And if there's something that can actually go and make a recommendation for me, um, then especially if I get better conversion rates, if I get better out performance, then I'll go with that recommendation. Well, and I, I think you're being too kind to say that it's difficult. I think it's, it's one that marketers just really do a poor job of right now too, right? Is, is, and, and not, 
not through a fault of our, you know, not through people being, you know, lazy or anything like that, but we have a ton of work to do. And, and oh, yeah. marketers have all these channels that they're working with and all these dynamics. And so sending a blast email at a certain time of the week that's just optimal for their schedule makes perfect sense. But the problem is, is that's not optimal for everybody else's time to read it. And, and so the, you know, to me, the great thing about that solution that you're talking about right there is that, wow, it's another decision that I don't have to make that statistically the system is going to find the valid, you know, response time for, for everybody to send that out. And that's, exactly. you know, that's just going to be a, a breath of fresh air, I think, to the majority of marketers. So then now they can take that time that they were working on analysis and instead just really ramp up and and write some incredible content that's going to deliver, you know, and going to convert better. Exactly. Right. And, and you can imagine that, um, over time, right. Like being applied to scoring, right. Why is something a 10 versus a five versus a 20? Right. And, and, um, you know, out of all the content, you can write certain messages, but sometimes, you know, you, you write one, you think, you know, people are doing this because they really care about, um, you know, the cost or sometimes they really care about because, um, there's an impact on the environment, or maybe it's because there's time savings, right? There's a lot of different things that you can write in, but you're never quite sure for that individual, you know, what does it really mean for them? And so, um, uh, you know, people over time, especially since we can see things from the, the digital interactions that they, they better respond. I, I think there was, you know, my head of um, sales and I were talking uh, quite a bit about how sales, right, are much more intuition driven um, in their engagement with customers and in many ways, marketing is data driven. And it's because we don't have the luxury of, of talking with the customers and face to face all the time, right? A lot of our interactions are digital. So we are very data driven because those give us indicators and signs of who they are and what they care about so that we can better connect with them and send them the right message. So what better way than, than having something that can help uh, make recommendations, you know, so we can kind of get, as you say, to writing the best content and taking action quicker. Mm. And, and if you were going to talk about, you know, the specifics of, uh, for, for people listening, you know, how do you explain to people, we've given a great example of how the system would work, but how do you give an example of, you know, if, if someone asks you a traditional marketer say, says, look, I keep hearing these terms, but what is, what is AI? What is, what is machine learning? What do you, what do they actually mean? Yeah, so it's, it's um, a lot of times AI, artificial intelligence, is a big kind of catch-all word, and, and machine learning is, is kind of an aspect of that. Um, but ultimately, it's about how the technology is going through all the data, and they, they create kind of rules, right, really algorithms. Then instead of just making an assumption, right, um, it goes through and takes a lot of different data sets, makes that assumption, and over time, it learns from itself. Right, so it starts learning that this is actually a different approach versus this one, and so um, it's just you know there's a lot of ways um, you know even if from a, a personal level you know if you watch Netflix or if you're shopping on Amazon and, and you start seeing you know the recommendations um, those tend to be ones that as consumers we start you know you, you could have back in the day you know a like a, a buyer right for products where you it's about product placement right and you kind of decide. Oh, I'm going to promote, you know, this right here and this for them. And, but over time, it's really hard, right? If you want to make it more personal, because you want to say, well, based on what they've looked at, what they should look at, what they clicked on before, and you start taking into account so many 
different elements that it gets really um, kind of unmanageable for a person to do it, right? So you create all these um, technologies, right? Algorithms behind the scenes that can make those recommendations and it continually learns from itself because it's, it's goal-driven, right? You can set the goal and say it's because you're trying to optimize it for revenue or optimize it for clicks, right? And it can kind of learn over time what to recommend instead. Yeah, a perfect, perfect, perfect explanation. <laughs> it's no longer, uh, you know, on the up ramp. It's it's literally, you know, there's machine learning algorithms out there already. There's services. I know Google, Amazon. You know, everybody uh, is working on them right now. I think. I think. In fact, I read Amazon. I think is opening up. You know, some of their machine learning and AI tools. You know, to third parties. So this isn't. This isn't like it's still magic pixie dust. Um, <laughs> the, these are getting implemented today, right now, you know, especially if you're working on a large e-commerce or, or something like that, you're getting product recommendations. You're, you're already getting, you know, things personalized, you know, to your, to your behaviors and demographics and everything else, um, um, based off of your purchase history. And, and it, it's, uh, I think it's exciting for marketers because we don't have to batch and just keep hitting people in the face over and over, you know, now, now we can, you know, uh, you know, start to, to have in a conversation, you don't do all the talking, right? We go back and forth and back and forth. And exactly. that's what these systems are really going to be allowing us to do. Exactly. And what you often see, right, is, is I've been in the B2B space for a while and, and you'll see a lot of times um, engagement or, or tools or technologies uh, show up first on the consumer side. And then over time, it becomes much more adopted in the B2B area. So you do see, especially for machine learning and AI, um, oftentimes a lot more uh, in this consumer side of the world, but it, it really helps bridge it. And you're like, okay, I see how that's been working. I, I can leverage this in how I do business with, um, with people, you know, from, from that perspective. You know, from an act on, on software standpoint, uh, I don't want to pressure you for release dates or anything, <laughs> but is this something that is slowly starting to, to be implemented or are you already testing or? Yeah, we um, basically we've been working on it this year and uh, we've started some of our conversations. Well, we've started some of our pilots and we're about to have our beta um, out. It's been uh, but it's been good. Basically, across the whole technology stack, we've been first trying to make things uh, much more flexible. So you can take in the different data sets Um you know, we've done things, for example, even with our um, adaptive forms, um, some rules engines in there so that you can really start, you know, having different questions pop up based on behaviors. Um, and then simultaneously, we're starting first, but you'll see it applied in all these other areas um, of starting to use some of the kind of the, the different algorithms and then machine learning. So we thought we'd start first with sending because that's the one where, you know, here oftentimes with marketers, they're like, you know, I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to trust a machine, right? Because how, how do they know? Um, and, and sending tended to be the one most people like, you know what, if I could click a button and it just got me better conversion rates versus me picking 10, right? It felt, felt like low risk. Um, and, and great rewards, right? Because the more conversions you get, right, the better likelihood that uh, that you'll end up having more revenue. So, Oh, yeah, that, and that builds trust right away. <laughs> exactly right. And then you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. Okay, now show me more. So. <laughs> now, act on, and I'm not sure when you guys launched this, but, but adaptive journeys, um, you know, I think that's, what a great, did you think up that term? 
Um, yeah, actually, my I had a product marketing and I were, we're going back and forth. We actually did a customer focus group too, and um, but we were thinking about you know the journeys we're trying to build and what we were really what we were really trying to do, right? And we're like, what? we're just trying to adapt, right? Just like how no one, someone would in a conversation, just like you, you and I are having. You know, you ask me a question, I kind of think about how I want to respond, and and so uh, we're like, ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is in marketing. So um, that's really been our vision. And it's a it's a great term. If uh, if you get a chance, yeah, um, we're we're obviously talking to Michelle Huff, CMO of Acton Software. So it's act on dot com. Uh, I think you can go to acton.com as well, uh, but and it'll bring you there. But under products, you can see adaptive journeys, and there's a great explanation of you know exactly. There's a video of you know uh, basically you know explaining how it works and everything. But it's it's exactly what you're talking about. Adaptive forms, you know. So if I already have information, why ask again? If I need more information to really make a decision, you know, let's let's just ask just enough, you know, to adjust that customer journey and then the adaptive segmentation uh, and uh, adaptive segmentation is defined on your on your site as dynamically creating lists of engaged contacts using any combination of factors which is awesome as well but I'd, I'd encourage people to to go out and read about it on the site and you'll get a start you'll start to get a clear you know a clear picture with you know the fact that you can segment send, score, ask, you know, all of these different, um, pieces, you know, to, to where, you know, you really don't, <laughs> you might really not have any idea when things are going out or when they're yes, but it's at the right time for the customer and it's at the right, you know, stages, you know, for them, which I think is, that's what we need to do. We need to, marketers are always, we haven't changed, right? Product, price, and placement. <laughs> yes. Right. So, and this is just, just tailored to the customer's, you know, standpoint. Wow, that, that, I, kudos to kudos to Acton for just jumping on top of this and and staying ahead of it. I think um, you're hitting it, and um, a lot of what your site has been talking about as well. Uh, a lot of the messaging that you put have been put out is kind of calming marketers down uh, a little <laughs> bit, right? That hey, yes. the bots aren't taking over your job. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because when we did our first focus group when we were launching this and, and trying to make sure we understood and we're building it for, for the market, you know, we did have some of our customers um, that are in the mid market spot where like, you know, every time I read about this stuff, I think it's for, you know, it's for Google, it's for Microsoft, it's for the huge companies. And, and we'd never, right, we don't have data scientists on our team and we don't have like, how can we take advantage of this? And so one of the things is how do we kind of bring this and just bake it into um, right into the different tasks and actions we're trying to do as marketers and make us more successful. And, and definitely, the, you know, as we've been talking about it, it is interesting how in conversations with marketers, sometimes people think, you know, well, does this mean my job goes away? Or, or almost just, you know, I, I know you said it jokingly, but there is this fear that it turns into this black box, right? Like, so do I just check a few boxes and then there's this computer that's just doing my job? <laughs> how does this actually work? And um, I, for me, I think what a really interesting analogy was, um, I read a book, um, by, you know, Clive Thompson, um, called the rise of the centaurs. And he was talking about man versus machine. <laughs> and, and basically it was in the late nineties. Um, it was the whole, you know, chess versus computers. And he was this world champion and he was I think, playing against the IBM supercomputer. 
and um, the computer won, right? And it was this huge moment where suddenly everyone, right? It was like, what's going on? This, you know, okay, well, maybe it's just chess, but, but it, you know, gets people's <laughs> imaginations. I think there was even, you know, covers of magazines, you know, where computers are going to take up the world. Um, but what's interesting is that um, Gasparov, his name is Gary Gasparov, he, he changed the game. And he was thinking about how could you actually have the grand chess masters and the computers play together. And so they have this concept of freestyle chess. And the rules of it is you can have any number of computers and any number of humans. And the interesting thing is that um, the man plus machine or woman plus machine, basically the the chess players plus machine was always the winning combination. And Mm. They always be, um, there was the supercomputer, I think it was like called Hydra at the time, and they, they beat that too. And they even found that there was sometimes kind of relative chess amateurs um, that with that actually started to win with the combination of the machines. So I don't know, that gives me hope even in marketing, right? You're, you're trying to, um, you know, in this big competitive landscape, and it just for me shows, uh, you know, how how you as a marketer can work with the technology can really give you a competitive edge. And the reason they said the combination is that, you know, the, the computers, the ones who was one were using the computers to do all the calculations, right. And to come up with the recommendations, but it was always the, um, the chess master who would sometimes, right. It'd be relying on intuition sometimes, um, you know, kind of psyching out their, uh, their opponents, but they were really using lots of different strategies um, and making the most of that, that relationship in a sense. So I see that kind of as the, the future. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think they're, the stats are pretty strong too, that the average marketer, I, I, I can't remember the last time I read them, but it was the number of hours that we spent just moving data from one place to another. You know? <laughs> oh, and, I know. And, and, you know, that's a real problem. And so just as you're talking about, you know, um, in fact, I have a customer right now, an e-commerce customer, where they literally asked me a few days ago, what's the best time to send? You know, mm-hmm. and of course, my answer was, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know. Why don't and, you try uh, Tuesday at nine? <laughs> yeah. And and so and I and I told him, I said, let's let's start doing some testing, you know, and we'll test across different times and dates. Well, that's an incredible amount of work, you know, to put put on a company. And so the way that I look at it is that's work. That's just mundane work that the data is eventually going to tell you, you know, what, what you should be doing, but it's just a ridiculous amount of work to get there. And I, and I always wish I could just, man, if I could just work on the creative more, if I could just work on the quality more, if I could just work on, you know, message, right. Would you be rather using that whole extra bandwidth to, to write different messages to see like, or hold the focus groups. You can actually talk to the person every once in a while. Right. Exactly. And so that's why I look at this as, you know, we've already cut our marketing teams down and shrunk them and outsourced as much as we can and, you know, and, and done everything that we could to, to keep marketers lean and mean. And, and at the same time, we expanded kind of their, you know, the number of channels and platforms and, and everything else. And so I look at AI as this incredible opportunity to kind of equalize and really see the, the power of your creativity as a marketer that now, now the system is going to take care of the data elements and it's going to be the working, you know, your working bots, you know, but you still get to put the creativity in that's really going to make the difference. Completely, completely. Well, that's, too cool. 
<laughs> well, what's, what's, you know, um, from an act on standpoint, I'd love to hear, you know, um, what, what's exciting you about looking, you know, even looking a year out, you know, obviously we talked about AI and machine learning and, and we gave some examples of that, but you know, what, what's, you know, what's kind of making your heart skip a beat when you look at our industry, you know, marketing tech and, and, and what we're going to be able to do and how consumers, how this is going to react to consumers behavior. Um, well, Definitely the whole AI thing is is huge. I mean, I don't know if this is the direction that, that or what you were thinking of, but uh, I know for me, what makes my heart skip beat a little bit is um, around all the regulations as well. So I know for 2018, it's <laughs> That's not, a different heart I skip. know, right? Well, it's not the sexy part or the fun part yeah. sometimes, but um, I know, you know, for me, it's top of mind, everything for, for GDPR. I don't know if everyone's heard yep. about it, but it's coming up in May. Like 2018 is a big year for it. And, you know, being a vendor especially, you know, in, in the marketing spot, that's something we're doing as a company, but just even as CMO, like it, it's something that's very top of mind for me of um, making sure I have the right um, permissions in place and processes in place uh, because it impacts, you don't have to just be in Europe, um, right. Or have right. operations there. If you, if you're marketing to anyone um, that resides there, uh, it impacts you. And so there's things that we, uh, new features, for example, that we're putting into the product. Uh, we, launched um, our community and uh, we even have a whole uh, compliance corner because there's a lot of people getting ready for um, for all these different types of regulations, GDPR being one of them there as well. So that's a big thing for me in this year. <laughs> where where can, can, is that open to anybody to join or is that close to your, uh, to just your customers or? Well, we launched for customers. There's some pages that people can kind of take a look at to get a feel. Um, we literally just, uh, um, opened it up because we had some beta testers on there, so it'll continue to grow. But uh, we're we're excited about it, and it was something that we talked about with our customers. Like we would love a compliance corner. So, um, oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, I you know I look at compliance as just it's the natural antithesis of our you know of our <laughs> of our our companies right is we did we started out batch and blast and just irritating everybody and we didn't have a lot of these opportunities and tools like act on five years ago and so i think consumers started to get upset and you know tired like rightly so you know but the great thing again is i do think ai and machine learning are going to take some of that pressure off as well that you know, you don't have to be annoying to your, you know, to your prospects, um, or, or <laughs> annoying to a hundred prospects to get one to, to convert. Right. Yes. You yes, know, yes. and so, and so, you know, compliance is one of those things that's going to drive innovation, you know, even further, you know, and get us on the right track. So not, you know, it's, it's, it's ugly for, for, for you folks to have to, <laughs> to, to do everything, but, but it's, I think in the long run, it'll be, it'll be a great thing for consumers and marketers like. Exactly. Right. And, and I guess from a, um, you know, if you ask if people are interested, we do have just on our, our website, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the term, but if you go to kind of our website, there's a whole GDPR section, if you even search. And so we've got, you know, we've got podcasts there and where our, our chief compliance officer went through it line by line and, and started carving out the things that are important for people to, to take note of. So, um, it's fantastic. So, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, for everybody listening again, we're talking to Michelle Huff, uh, act on software and, um, 
Acton has a, a very active blog and Michelle, you're an active blogger. So I love seeing that as well. Um, so please, please go up and, uh, and sign, sign up for their site just because they give, this isn't about selling Acton software. It's, it's literally, um, there's information on there just on, you know, marketing best practices, AI, uh, in fact, you, you have a talent management, you know, interview up there. That's fantastic. Um, so you're just going to get a lot of information from that blog and with your depth of knowledge within this industry and, and, uh, and your leadership, uh, no doubt that, you know, people are going to get to learn. So thank you for, for teaching everybody and keeping that out in the space. I learned from everyone. So uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Is there any, any, uh, Parting things, obviously people can go to Acton and sign up for a demo. Um, so that's, that's, I, I know that you don't like to come on and sell, but I'll tell people that they really should, you know, check out the platform and, and, uh, set up an appointment with them. It's, uh, both affordable, scalable, you know, and, and very user friendly. So that's me selling your software for you. Michelle. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is there anything else that you'd advise people to go do and, uh, where can they follow you online? Yeah, well, hey, um, people can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I think I'm Michelle underscore Huff. Um, but, you know, you can follow um, Acton SW, so Acton Software on our Twitter feed, or as um, as you mentioned, join our blog. But we've got a lot of different resources to mention. Just even if we were talking about GDPR, again, I, we've got a lot of stuff out there that you can learn more about. Um, just get more prepared and, and obviously learn more about Adaptive Journeys. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's another one in the, in the can. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, everybody. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.